0: Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Well, good morning, everyone. So glad to be here. Hi. Uh, My name is Andy, and I am the chaplain at the Erie City Mission. And I did want to say, uh, those of you that are first-time guests, uh, there is... uh, you know, the generosity from this church for every first-time guest that signs up. Uh, So thank you, and maybe today uh, all of you are first-time guests. (laughs) That would be lying. I'm just saying, though, it would help. Not the first time I used that joke. Hi, everybody. I am grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, so excited. How many people uh, have eaten McDonald's in the last week? <laughs> uh, so I, I made a decision, conscious decision, to get McDonald's last night, and I got done, and I thought, you know, I feel very similar to when... Uh, How I feel when I get off the treadmill. (laughs) Feel tired and sweaty. Uncomfortable. But without all of the positive feelings like, hey, good job. (laughs) You did something positive for your life today. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, so, Other than last night I try to keep myself in shape I, I work out I try, normally try to eat healthy things of, You, you do eat McDonald's You jam it in your face Like that's, like that's what happens It's like oh my god Maybe you don't I'm disgusting It's like ooh, Don't see him after he's sweaty I don't know where I'm going with this so other than that, I try to stay, you know, like exercise, eat right, those kind of things. Life is just difficult, right? The, the only reason really to, to exercise and do all of those right things is because just to survive, it's hard to live life successfully and have enough energy for all of the things coming at us constantly, right? And, and it's difficult. It does often feel like a fight, that you're in. You know, all of us are facing obstacles of all sorts. I don't know what yours are, but I know that they're probably big or they, or you're coming out of something that was big or you're headed, maybe you don't know, you're headed into something really big. Uh, It's, that's life. Um, You know, I I heard uh, a comedian one time say that, you know, a Christian comedian, because he referenced the Bible, he said, life is, you know, this series of, of ups and downs, right? And and Christ came to give us life, and that more abundant. <laughs> so <laughs> It's hard. I often feel like, do you ever get on one of those people movers at the airport? You know what I mean? Those things that help you go. Well, I always, like always want to get on those going the wrong way. Just, I don't know why. I just want to. Just because it seems fun to me. I like fun things. But that's, to me, if you, if you do that, that's what life is like. It's constantly coming at you. And if you don't go a certain um, speed, you don't don't make any progress, right? And if you stop, you feel like you're going backwards. So it's a a fight. How do we overcome the most or greatest obstacles in your life? So today we're gonna look at a passage from the Old Testament, this Exodus. This might be pretty familiar to you. If you watch, anybody watch The Prince of Egypt? That animated, yeah. I mean, that's, what a, that's the best way to get the Bible, animation. <laughs> Wish they did the whole thing like that. And they, they finally, the plagues, you know, Moses, like, let's go, Pharaoh, let my people go. They're out. They leave. They're going through the desert to get away. And then Pharaoh's like, nah, you know what? No, I don't want them to leave again. Right? So he sends the army after them, and they get to a spot where they're stuck. What's in front of them? The water. A big, big body of water. And are they a professionally trained army? No. They are a community of people that have been in slavery. And there they are trying to get away and the whole Egyptian army probably the most powerful well-trained army in the world at the time is after them. And they are on the edge of a large obstacle. I am going to give you today I'm going to attempt four steps I mean this is going to be like a Tony Robbins seminar four steps to, to get over your Greatest obstacles in your life. Who's re- you ready? ready? Okay. <laughs> okay, not yet. The, I mean, the Bible uses this language of fighting, right? You know, Paul says in First Timothy six twelve, you fight the good fight of faith. Uh, you know, and I, even one of my the greatest philosophers of modern times. Um, said this. uh, This is Mike uh, Mike Tyson. (laughs) Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. (laughs) It's a good metaphor for life. You're going to get up out of bed and at some point you're going to punch in the face, emotionally, relationally, somehow, or actually, I don't know, I know what kind of person you are. I don't know what you do for a living. Um, <laughs> I got punched in the face at work one time. Uh, I, I mean, it was planned. It was a fundraiser. They're like, hey, Andy, why don't you do this event that we have every year called Knockout Homelessness, and you, where you get in the ring with a professional boxer. And then people are going to pay a lot of money to watch you get punched in the face. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome! <laughs> where, where do I sign up? I actually reached out to, to my friend Chris, who is in the audience, if he could get punched in the face next year for us. Can't wait, buddy. <laughs> I'll ref it so I can be real close. Life is difficult, it, it feels like you're always fighting for success, for your family, for your relationships. And not always do we feel like we're fighting very successfully. I mean, when I was, I thought, watching this event for a number of years from the audience, I thought, I could take this guy. One of the bizarros, right? Professional fighters. They, they, made, a, they made a living. People paid them to punch people in the face. Like, they, they were good. They won lots of boxing matches And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know where that came from. I could take this guy. He seems like he's lost a step. You know what's funny, I've never boxed, so I never had a step. (laughs) And I'm gonna so I get I I get all signed up and, and they're gonna train us. Do you know that probably he's not having any anxiety? About how the fight's gonna go if he's training you. In the ring, the first exercise, the first practice, he's like, "Okay, so what I want you to do, very nice, sweet-hearted gentleman, what I want you to do is, uh, I want you to try and uh, I want you to try and hit me." And <laughs> I'm like, "Come on." I'm going to just ruin you right now is what's going to happen. (laughs) And I I tried. (laughs) And tried and tried. And I was unsuccessful at landing any punches at all. And about a minute and a half into the fight, this sparring match, I'm sucking wind. I was in good shape. I run on the treadmill. I mean, this fellow looked like, you know, he'd given up boxing and taken up pasta. And I thought, <laughs> I, thought I'm, I thought I was in shape. And I'm like, <gasps> and he's just against the ropes, chilling. Couldn't even lift my arms, which is a good strategy in boxing, by the way. If your opponent... Cannot pick his hands up. <laughs> Very hard to defend yourself. He punched me in the head so hard, it spun my headgear around so that the place where you look is this way. <laughs> it was like, I, I'm catching your strategy here. <laughs> One of the trainings we're sparring And like every once in a while, every once in a while, he would just pop me in the forehead. (laughs) You you could have just killed me, huh? He was like, kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would have just knocked me out flat. That's why they can control the fight. They're not worried that anybody's going to get overly injured. One of these matches, trainings, he punched me. It felt like he punched me in the back of the head. He's right there. He's right in front of me. How did you hit me in the back of the head? How did that happen? My neck snapped. Sounded like a shotgun going off in my ear. I was like, oh, that's gonna That's gonna continue to hurt. <laughs> I went to the chiropractor that week and they had does your chiropractor have that little piece of paper you fill out? It says When did you start feeling the pain? I I literally wrote on the paper, immediately after Louis Jr. punched me in the head. You might need this. It'll be helpful for your therapy. It's a fight. It's hard. There's always going to be obstacles. How do you train? How do you overcome? This passage starts, I want to start in, in 14, uh, chapter 14 in Exodus, uh, starting in verse 10 through 12. And I'm going to read excerpts from this story uh, and just make some points about this. The first one starts like this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Our four steps to overcoming any obstacle. Step number one, you ready? Taking notes? Freak out. (laughs) Just absolutely lose your stuff. Christian version. When somebody's in that position, nobody says stuff, by the way. It's okay. (laughs) Some of you got that. So, just, it's gonna, listen, it's gonna happen anyway. Let it happen. You're human. All of us, I believe, are in that same boat. (laughs) We're all kind of a wreck in different ways. It's okay. You're going to be scared. Stuff in life is difficult. You're going to freak out. It's okay. You are going to say things that you probably regret if that hasn't happened already. (laughs) I'm sure it has. You're going to wish you would said stuff that you didn't say and you think about it later. you're going to lose it, it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. Life is difficult. We don't have all of the information that we need. You are not perfect. You don't know how to do relationships perfectly. Or some of us don't know how to do relationships that's it (laughs) it's just hard to be a person (laughs) it's difficult to know what to do in situations sometimes situations are way bigger than we think they are and sometimes they're not as big as we're making them out to be and it's difficult to see things for what they actually are and to respond the way we should respond. There has been a pandemic. Most of us have never experienced that, ever. How do you do it? Well, the government does, didn't know. Nobody's government knew. Who do we turn to after that? Who do we turn to when no humans on this earth know how to do it? <laughs> right? The end. Let's go. Let's pray. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's often the people that knew Jesus that has done it the worst. Did you guys console with him before you responded on Facebook? <laughs> I would say no. You did not. Multiply your anxiety over the last two years by all the humans that you interact with. You know what? Now add winter. None of you calculate winter into your life. You still get up at the same time you do in the summer to get to work. And then you're really angry That somebody's driving slowly in front of you. There's a car! You get up, 24 inches of snow on your vehicle. You got up at the same time, you walked out to it at the same time you always do, and somehow you're frustrated that you cannot get to where you need to be on time. You haven't changed your tires still. It's February and they're bald as crap. (laughs) There's a half an inch of snow and you're stuck on a mild 1% grade. (laughs) And you're wondering why. (laughs) Because half of the city has done it and half of the rest of the city hasn't. And they're really mad at you. (laughs) And everybody's angry. And no, you have to push snow out of the way. You have to shovel it. You have to use energy. And nobody calculates it. Multiply that by 200,000 people. Put them all on the road together. <laughs> and then have them pull into a drive through. love the scripture that was shared, James chapter one, count it all joy. But in the middle of this feeling like this, how many of you want to say, shut up, James? <laughs> how many in the middle of how you're freaking out and somebody says, count it all joy, you just want to punch him in the face, just like <laughs> Anybody really upset? And your spouse is like, relax. And you just calm right down. (laughs) Thank you. Mm. Thank you. You just turn into Buddha himself and just, oh, Zen feelings of Stop that, spouses, by the way. Just <laughs> never say that word. It's never, never helpful. It's okay. Hopefully, over time, what comes out of our mouth and our actions change as we freak out, but it's, we get down on ourselves for freaking out, like there's something wrong with me as a human As a Christian, I shouldn't be feeling like this. I shouldn't be reacting to pain. I shouldn't be reacting, even though we are completely wired to react that way. That is how we are wired. Verses 13 and 14, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today You will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be... Step two, after freaking out, take a moment. (laughs) In the midst of the freak out, remind yourself, oh, I'm freaking out. (laughs) Recognize that it's happening. Feel the signs of you freaking out. Be aware of what your body is doing during the freakout so that you know next time you start feeling this way what might come out of your mouth, what might happen to you as a result. If we can just be aware of what happens to us as we're freaking out, we might have some hope of stopping (laughs) the destruction that usually follows. I do a seminar called Uh, crucial conversations, how to have the conversations that you're currently avoiding. (laughs) Anybody have a conversation you're currently avoiding? (laughs) Or that when you have that conversation, it goes horribly every time. And we go into fight or flight. Our brain shuts off. The prefrontal cortex that you were designed to the CEO of your life <laughs> takes vacation, shuts down, and you're left with your lizard brain. <laughs> the only thing that's left is the thing that helps you kill things, run away from things, and your heartbeat and you breathe. That's it. And if you do not recognize it, you will run away or kill things. <laughs> So be aware of what's happening to you and just be still. Take a second, take a moment and know that there is a God that loves you and cares about you more than you can imagine. And God forbid in these moments, somebody gives you one of those platitudes, like they're not helpful. If you're freaking out or you're trying to get control of things and you're trying to be still and you're trying to take a moment, and how many people have said to you, you know, where God closes the door, He opens the window? <laughs> you ever hear that? Something of that sort? Yes. Yeah. Did you ever say it? No. <laughs> Stop it. Don't say it. It's stupid. It's not true. And it's not in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> in case you were wondering, that, but isn't that in James 2? Isn't that after the other one? No. It's not in the Bible. It's not. No. One, he, God may not have closed the door in the first place. Come on, Come on. You're like, oh, God, just close the doors. If I'm not supposed to do this, just close the door. Close it. Shut it. Slam it something. Slam it on my foot. Don't. He may, it may not be him, and, and he may, or if he did close it, he might have not opened a window for you. <laughs> hey, you might, maybe you're supposed to kick down the door. I don't know. Like, sometimes these things aren't helpful, and in the midst of, like, somebody going through something, it's, it's not helpful, even if it's correct. Just, would you just sit there and listen? Let me, bleh. Everything happens for a reason. No, it does not. No, it it doesn't. I mean, if you mean that every action has an equal and opposite reaction science, yes. If you mean God caused a bunch of pain... If you mean, well, you know, that abuse, that broken thing, or that broken relationship, or no, no. Can he make good out of it? Absolutely. Can he restore it? Can he use it? Yes. But he didn't, he doesn't fly planes into buildings. He doesn't cause people to be abused. The world is broken. It doesn't work the way it was designed. Don't say that anymore, please. It's not true. Thank you. (laughs) I'll move on. In the moment, do you know how many of you pray before you eat? It's not a requirement, it's just no judgment. It's fine. Do you know why people do that? Somebody told them to. (laughs) That's it. My family did it. Uh, Do you know that a lot of practices in the world have something that happens like that? Um, And do you know that when you take a moment to take a deep breath, to relax, your body switches from your sympathetic to your parasympathetic nervous system. And your body will literally do better things with the food that you eat. Look it up. Science. Had I prayed before I ate the McDonald's, (laughs) there was no, the praying all came after. Literally, when we take a moment Everything can change. God will fight for you. Be still. Three, Exodus 14, 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move. (laughs) Step three, stop praying. (laughs) That's it. Are we at church? (laughs) He just told us. So we're supposed to be still and pray. But there's a moment, there's time where some people are using this as an excuse. Well, God hasn't told me. Well, I'm praying. Seems like you've been praying for like seven. But you haven't also done anything. Like... My father used to always say, you get this expression, it's easier to steer a car that's moving. Like you, sometimes you just need to go. There is a time for stillness and and to be still and, and to meditate and to search and to seek. And there's a time that you need to start moving. Maybe you don't even know what direction. And I don't know that at first, that first step may not even matter because a lot of us get stuck and we don't know what to do. My suggestion to a lot of people that are having trouble journaling is the science tells us if we just start writing, it actually helps us tap into our subconscious and that some of the best stuff starts to come out. We just have to start writing. And I think that principle applies that sometimes we just have to think of something and try it and do it to get unstuck. If you were stuck in your vehicle, I was, I was uh, uh, delivering uh, Sunday papers with a friend because he asked me to in the middle of the night, and it was really bad. This is like Edinburgh, and it was a lot of snow, and it was very cold, and we were in a minivan, and I was in the back putting the papers together while he drove, and he would start and stop and start and stop and start and stop, and I have never been so sick. Handed in the paper. We got stuck. Wheel dropped off the road into the... I got out to try to push the van, and I pushed myself down into this ditch. (laughs) The snow was this deep, and I was like... This is a problem. If you're stuck, and you walk around the vehicle, and you're like, okay, I, I see where I'm stuck now, then you have to do something. You either... You either got to call somebody, or you got to start pushing, or you got to get somebody or somebody's to help, or you got to start rocking it or all of it. You got to do something. You have to move. If you're stuck, try something. One of my coaching clients quit his job because it sucked, it was horrible. He didn't want to do it anymore. And he had enough saved up. And but he then felt stuck because he didn't know what to do. I was like, what if you just got some random job? Okay. So he got some random worked at Kersey he, Now he's loading trucks. $18 an hour. I was like, is it stressful? He's like, absolutely not. He's <laughs> like, I just put stuff on a pallet, take it over, and put it in the truck. Awesome. All right. Is that your career goal? He's like, nope. Okay, well, what next? Sometimes just getting started. Step three, stop praying. Step four, then Moses stretched out his hands over the sea in all that night. God drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. See, this group of people was standing there, and God's like, move. And they're like, "Um, I don't know if you noticed. There's still a big lake here. Still like a large body of water. Um, But I bet you they could take a step or two steps. Is God going to do anything? Three steps. Three steps. Maybe they hit the water. Okay. (laughs) When when's the miracle start? Check this out. Then the waters divided. Israelite went through the sea on dry ground. It drove back the water. How long did it take? How long did it take? Hmm? All night. This is why I don't understand God. This is why I don't understand the Bible. Why did it take all night? You did see that we have this army coming after us. You're just gonna be like, oh, push the water. <laughs> all night, God, why? Kid, aren't you God? Can't you just be like, Phew, dry? What? <laughs> I don't even understand that. Why does it take all night? I don't get it. I don't get miracles. I don't understand it. I don't understand the Bible. (laughs) I don't understand God. But that is what happens. And I think step three is that we need to remind ourselves that it may not happen all at once. Whatever you're hoping to happen, this obstacle, you might have to go through it and it might take some time. You might have to get to the other side one step at a time. The only way to get to the preferred future that you want, that God wants for you, is one step at a time, one day at a time. That's the only way we can do time, by the way. One second, one minute, one hour, one day, one month, one year at a time. It takes time to remind ourselves that what we're after might take a second or two. And we may have to remind ourselves often that this is going to take some time. The bigger the challenge, the more time it may take. If you have something huge that is in front of you that you are trying to overcome, that it's going to take time to get through it. You don't know what you're doing. Neither do I. You never lived tomorrow. So you don't know, right? We are so hard on ourselves. What we're doing is very difficult. To give ourselves some grace and to know that The God that we serve loves us and is going to use this situation and to take us through this if we trust him and we move. I did this 100-mile run thing last year, and I I tried it three years in a row. Uh, The challenge was to do run, walk, hike, crawl, whatever, 100 miles in 50 hours. And I tried it the, the first year, and I got 33 miles. The last three was when I went off the trail and walked to an ice cream place. <laughs> the second year I did it, I got 77 miles. And then this past year, I did all 100 in the 50 hours. Yeah. Okay. But each time, I learned something. The time that I did 77 miles, I wanted a very simple strategy at what to eat. I just like to keep it simple. And so what I did, what I thought I, I would be a good idea, was just eat um, oatmeal cream pies. Well, I know now, <laughs> but after finishing the first box of 12, the first night, I called my friend. I was like, I'm out of food. He's like, what do you want? I said, oatmeal cream pie. So I, apparently I was, I had not learned by then. He brought me, he said, well, the only ones they had were the double thick ones that are like this big around. <laughs> They're like, I don't know. Five six hundred calories of nasty. I will never eat another oatmeal cream pie. And shockingly, it did not work very great as a fuel source sustainably over that period of time. And I know that because for days afterward. I was reminded. <laughs> Is that <a> t- TMI? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's important that in the process of taking time that you learn. <laughs> and I did learn, <laughs> thankfully. Some things have a, more of a way of teaching us than others. It's going to take time. I want to end with this. Listen to this passage says, the Egyptians pursued them, and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw them into confusion. And Listen to what he does. And again, this is why I do not understand why God does what he does. I don't understand him sometimes at all. He jammed the wheels of the chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is what? Fighting for them or against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters would flow back. What? God, (laughs) he You jam the wheels of <laughs> like the, that's the, Why didn't he just like take them out or just do the water thing or whatever? I don't get it sometimes. And listen, you're, you're not probably going to get How many of you in a difficult circumstance have ever said to yourself or God, probably God, why? Why is this? How many of you have gotten a very clear answer? Because I, I need to talk to you if you have. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't get it. But I know that a way has always been made. I don't, and I don't even understand that. And, it, and I know that some of the things that people have been through are horrible but I know that he is the way. In whatever obstacle you're facing, however big that it is, that in the midst of it and on the other side of it, one step at a time, one day at a time, what you find out when you allow God to fight for you and that you surrender, that you're still, that you move, And that you remember that it's gonna take some time, that your biggest obstacle may may one day become your greatest testimony. And your loudest critics may one day become your best witnesses. As the army says and recognizes, oh no, God is fighting for them. I don't know what you're facing or the obstacle that's ahead of you or maybe you're in the middle of but I know that there's a way I pray that you surround yourself with the right people that you take time in the midst of freaking out that you talk to God about it and then start moving to remember that it's going to take more than a second for the answer to come. Let's pray. God, we love you. I'm grateful that you love us. You promised never to leave us or forsake us. And that you said that you are the word, that you are the way and the truth and the life. We trust you with this way. You said in this world, you will have trouble to take heart because you have overcome the world. So we put our trust and faith in you, in Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.